chapter 12, A Disturbing Absence. Um, before we get into this, just another shout out to, to Brett Hoy. Brett Hoy. Um, for those of you who aren't following closely, uh, last week, Brett doubled his contribution on Patreon. Which I cannot believe. We didn't even have that tier open yet. No. We had to create a new tier from his emails to us. But yeah, by popular demand, that popular person being Brett, by Brett's popularity's demand. Yeah. I mean, and this is the second time he's done this. So Brett is up to a $50 pledge, folks. $50 is uh, impactful. Yeah. And to think that he changed it to weekly, uh, it's just... It's inspiring. Brett Hoy is really keeping this thing going. It's you know? inspiring. So thank you so much, Brett. On a, on a real note, there are costs to running this podcast, yeah. just to hosting it, to keeping the files online. There are costs. And so if you would like to join Brett and supporting this financially, uh, you don't have to do the $50 a week level like Brett. But there is there is opportunity. Even $2 a month makes a, makes, makes a big difference. It really does. A couple I of mean, those makes it possible to not have to do this, reaching so deep into our own pockets the whole time. Not um, just it's very it's strenuous on our throats, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a lot of talking. We've we've been taking vocal lessons. We just, both got our vocal cords insured. That's not free. Well, yeah, and we also swap vocal cords. So I'm actually Sean. Yes, we freaky Friday our voices. It is amazing. With that in mind, let's uh, let's, let's go in. Let's, let's dive say, in. So I liked Chapter Twelve, a disturbing it, absence. Uh, with a subtitle, was, though. Yeah, which I, was I, I put resolved. A, a subtitle in there. A disturbing absence. Is it really, though? Well, if you look back at any of the chapter's names, starting at the end, I don't want to read ahead. I put a note card on my uh, chapter's Yeah, you got to so block I it. I don't find out. But the Speed Demon, chapter one, did have a it's Speed a Demon title. in it. Yeah. Uh, the Hold Up, there was no Hold Up. The Threat. There wasn't really there wasn't a threat. A thre- well, there was a threat. It was the shopkeeper. That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, that's it, a it massive Mr. Schwartz was yeah. the threat. Mr. Schwartz, dude. Red versus yellow. We didn't even cut into the car to find out if it was we red We never or saw that paint. Yeah, until just the got following down chapter. a few layers. Well, like that actual red versus yellow debate was the next chapter. Oh, that's That should have right. been called. But okay, the next yeah. chapter was called The Hunt is Intensified. And that's where the boys had a picnic lunch with their friends. Yeah, with chicken sandwiches. Thanks, chicken Ma. Chicken sandies. Uh, then the robbery, which... Didn't include the robbery. Yep. Then the arrest, which was just... That was... There was, was an arrest. Where some rich guy wanted someone arrested so bad that he called yeah. police station and uh, I mean, that's very, that's very fitting to times today. That's that's a very risque chapter. Then an important discovery, which wasn't. <laughs> Rival detectives. They found a wig and a jacket. What do you mean? Another yeah. red wig. Rival detectives, uh, chapter nine. They cooperated that whole time. Yeah, this... Uh, we'll get into it, but that's a fitting title for this chapter. Right. Sleuthing trip. Not really. They went and saw the play. <laughs> they got a play. Yeah. New York. Uh, anxious waiting. They didn't seem that anxious. Uh, and now we're in disturbing absence. And so when we last left them, uh, Fenton Hardy was staying in New York, following up with Red Jackley, the criminal yeah. n- called Red because he's known for wearing, wearing red, red wigs. wigs. Yeah. Uh, but... The Frank and Callie went and talked to Mrs. Robinson, and then when they got home, their mom was nervous, like, Fenton's not back yet. Yeah, what's going on with Fenton? We haven't heard from him. We're worried. So, spoiler alert, disturbing absence on page two. uh, I'm sorry. In paragraph three, uh, Fenton's back. 
He's which, not absent anymore. Which they set it up to where it, it's talking about Mrs. Hardy was uh, nervous, so she phoned the hotel and uh, was told that you know Fenton had checked out, and now she's really nervous. Like, what's going on with Fenton? I haven't heard from him. He's checked out. I haven't heard from him in two days, and then all of a sudden it's, oh, never mind. He's home. Yeah. What the hell? See, Why build all this suspense to end it with one line? And to to name the chapter after <laughs> one paragraph of of a missing Fenton Hardy. This is just bad writing. And I got to think when they first said this, you know, he checked out the day before. I thought this is clear evidence that he's staying with his other family. Yeah, I think Fenton oh, yeah. Hardy has a second wife and maybe other kids in New York. I think they're a little bit better kids too. Probably a little bit better at tennis. Less nosy. Less nosy. Less yeah. excitable to go on a car ride with their dad. <laughs> yeah, different kids. <laughs> Different kids. He's got a better wig file up there too. Oh yeah, his his real wig files. Yeah. You don't keep oh, your real beautiful. wig file. Yeah, in he's Bayport. not going to keep it there. Absolutely not. Everyone knows that. Any true wigman is, knows. Oh that. yeah, John Wigman, uh, the late great. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so Fenton Hardy's back. It's okay, but he's tired. Yeah. So he's got to sleep. Boys, you got to go to school. Boys didn't want to go to school. They were even lingering outside of uh, outside of Old Fenton's uh, study or wherever he was napping his yeah. room. I was like, "Boys, leave your dad alone. Let him sleep." Mom said he's tired. He was and, up all night with his other wife. Yeah, give the guy a break. His other wife is better kids. Other wife doesn't make chicken sandwiches. She makes actual meals <laughs> that don't require refrigeration. <laughs> yeah, in a time no where preservatives there was none in these meals. <laughs> um, so they've got to go to school. And uh, and Joe says, you know, I wish you'd wake up and tell us. I hate to go back to school without knowing what happened in New York. And I wrote, imagine going to work at a grocery store instead of going to school <laughs> because you're just curious. Yeah. You've once again forgotten that the Robinsons' life is in shambles yeah. while your dad takes a nap. And, and the Robinsons, little Robinson, slim – is within the top ten. These boys aren't. They don't even care about school. Just skip the skip the school. Yeah, boys. you're not. It's not helping. Yeah, nothing's helping you. You already know that you're gonna father or you're gonna go after your father's footsteps here. You're gonna be detectives. You got a job a job lined up. You don't have to quit go to the school. baseball team quit too. The baseball team. Yeah, you're not going to be players. professional baseball. Yeah. yeah, your tennis at if best. You got your gymnasium. Doubles. Just just do gymnastics, boys. You yeah. don't need this. And then the hubris on these boys to where. You know, it's after school, and they're like, we got to get home. And they shattered every record on the run home. Yeah, in the race All home. the records shattered in the race all home. records in the race home. That doesn't seem safe. No. I mean, these boys were really running. Do you so, think people were watching them, too? Like, why are the Hardys running so fast? There's there's two things at play here, and, and I've thought about this. Like, if I were having to drive someone to the hospital, let's say it was crazy important. I had to drive somebody to the hospital. Yeah. Would I speed knowing that I would be – like if I just went you know, crazy fast, I would be a target and the police may pull me over. And even if I could explain like, hey, this person's dying, like we got to go, yeah, they'd like it still slows us down. Or do I drive a little bit more reasonably to avoid suspicion? And while I wouldn't drive as quickly, the, the trip may take longer. It avoids the risk of uh, large delays. Yeah. And I think about that. Twice here, here on this this page, one with the shattering all the records. Yeah, of if you drive home so recklessly that you could be killed, you could hurt someone. That would just delay the case. I feel like you got to be smart. Slow that. and steady wins the race. And mm. the same thing is true just above that 
uh, he was probably up there saying of their father why he's so tired. He was probably up all night when he's working on a case. He forgets about sleep. And I think, you know, as an as an editor, as a video editor, yeah. a, as a creative, yeah, there's long hours sometimes, but you know you got to be well rested if you want to do good oh, you work. You do all your worst work yeah, when you're you, sleep deprived. When you're, yeah, and then when you wake up the next day saying, I accidentally deleted half of my timeline. Yeah, I didn't click save 45 <laughs> times in Premiere and it deleted itself because it's a substandard program. Yeah, we all say these things and it's fine. But it's it's that sort of thing where I think they go too hard and and they forget that maybe if we're more reasonable individuals, we'll be better detectives rather than speeding home carelessly. Yeah. That's all. Which their father's not setting a good example by this. I can understand it from them. They're young. They're dumb. There's a lack of moderation but in the family. I've actually got from from Fenton in this chapter alone, I'm starting to uh, kind of dislike Fenton. Fenton's I, a little childish in my opinion now, and we'll get into that later. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm not on the Fenton train anymore. I was going to say, while this chapter was short, I liked it because I feel like we got to know them a little bit. We got basically this entire chapter, other than them going to school, they're going to go into Fenton's study and they're just going to talk about this trip. Yeah. And while that seems to be a uh, a device that Franklin W. Dixon uses in writing these books of... Instead of being somewhere when something happens, let's just have someone just describe, someone describe it. Yeah. what happened to them before. Yeah. We saw that with the holdup. We saw that with the robbery. Oh, yeah. Um, we saw that with the initial uh, part of the trip to New York, and now we're about to see it with this. Here's what half. Fenton Hardy – or not Fenton Hardy. Here's what uh, – what's his name? Franklin W. Dixon. Sorry about that, Franklin. Mm-hmm. This is what he's really good at. He's really good at setting things up and then quickly ending them. Yeah, so I'm not a bookman. I don't read a lot of books. I'm not yeah. a, a literary. I'm I'm not well read, you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I I did read the Harry Potter books, and I read a review of the last Harry Potter book, and it said <laughs> you didn't read the book. No, you no, just no, did no, the no. review, right? I read I read the book, but I'm oh, saying okay. this. I have to say all this because it's not fair of me to claim this. What I'm about to say. Somebody okay. said in a review the way that J.K. Rowling's plays with pace in mm-hmm. the final Harry Potter book is exemplary. Okay. And with with their uh, flagging of that, yeah. I then looked back at the book and I'm like, yeah, because in the last one, and you've seen the movies. Of course I've seen the movies, yeah. Like that's when they're just going around looking for these horcruxes and they keep camping in the woods for like months at a time and they're waiting for clues. And in the book, they do such a good job of like showing how there's like an intense moment of finding something. And then there's months, and like she describes well, she gives it time so that you can Lingers, feel yeah. like, oh my Get gosh, this is taking forever, and like the boredom that comes with that. She yeah. does a good job. I feel like these books, to your point, are so like they build something up and then just immediately release the tension. Yeah, like it's there, gone. there is no sense of pace. There is, a, and I and I wrote in the in the corner, uh, play with pace here because it's just the whole like we don't know where your dad is. Your dad's home. Yeah. Oh. He's back. He's in his study, but he's sleeping. Twist. And That's then uh, he's awake. Yeah, and then he's awake on the what? Two sentences or Yeah, I'm not going to tell these guys how to write a book. Two sentences later, so. But I feel like if I were writing a book and you've got Fenton Hardy asleep, you make the boys go to school, have something happen. I would have had him bruised up. I'm like your dad's nose is broken. Well, not 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 just that, but like if you have this period of time where Fenton's asleep, maybe have a clue surface. That now you've got these sort of competing storylines. You've got something rather than just like, hey, wait for your dad and good. But like have the story develop a little bit in that gap. 
Uh, I don't know. Play with the pace a little bit. I'm with you on that. And the same thing happens even in their dialogue. Not here in this chapter. Well, yes, here in this chapter, but everywhere. That whole joke we have of like, man, I have no idea what he was wearing. And then in the same sentence, be like, you know what? How could I ever forget? It was the yeah. most memorable thing well, I've ever... Well, I didn't ever- catch a good uh, glimpse at him, but... Uh, oh, wait. He was a man. He was about 40. He had a very distinctive scar under his right eye. I noticed it, and I thought I would never forget that yeah. scar. Yeah, that same sort of weird. Go from complete tension... Yeah. To resolution instant. Like, like, we don't have any clues except this one unforgettable oh, clue that breaks open the whole yeah. case. The best evidence in the world. I didn't have a, a wig. Yeah. It's like, I was in a shootout, but I didn't have a gun. Oh, wait. Here's a gun hidden under my mustache. <laughs> hidden under my hat. Yeah. <laughs> my bolus cap. Okay. So, so dad's the awake. The boys are back and, and dad's awake. Uh, dad apologizes for worrying them and their mother. Yeah, well, that was nice of you, Dad. Oh, hang on, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna revisit this sentence a couple times. Um, but Fenton Hardy was in the living room as they rushed in, panting. Fenton Hardy grinned broadly. Uh, it looked like he was refreshed after his long sleep. It was evident that the trip had not been entirely without success, for his manner was cheerful. So he's grinning and cheerful. After this trip. Yeah. That's what... That's good news. Yeah, because uh, it Papa was not without something. success. Yeah. Papa's Just got gonna, something. I'm putting a pin in that, and yeah. we may come back to that a couple As times. well, that, there needs to be a pin there. Uh, so, in New York, he checks out of the hotel, and he goes and stays with Red Jackley. He stays at the house where Red Jackley, the oh, notorious yeah. thief called Red because he's famous for wearing red wigs during his thieves... Now this thievings. This is actually a cool idea. Fenton decides that he's going to watch Red by making friends with Red. How could you do that, Dad? And I'm thinking, boys, you don't know how to make friends. What you you are in high school. This is like you should know how to make friends right now. This is where you make the majority of your friends. It seems like they they had a friend with Slim, and then they didn't do you know anything. What? And there Slim was a whole chapter in this damn book where where they like rallied up a whole gang, and it's like they spent so much time introducing all these people. And I remember thinking like, oh, I'm gonna like this guy. These two brothers are you know whoever seen they Tony introduced. Tony Yeah, Tony Prito has gone. Seen dude. Phil Cohen. Phil Cohen's gone. Biff. Biff, dude, what happened? Named to Biff? after his his ancestor his boxing yeah, ancestor dude all these characters were so cool and now it's like now they're gone now they're gone yeah they were just in that they, one chapter to eat sandwiches they looked at garages and ate a sandwich <laughs> yeah and tony brought a truck you know what i think yeah. <laughs> he can cover the it's, most ground he's got a truck well covering you mean he can cover the most space as in like his vehicle will take up the most space he has the biggest carbon footprint as well yeah <laughs> They weren't really worried about that at the time. So, yeah, they, they decided to watch him. The but, boys are curious how he makes friends. And uh, Fenton says, yeah. um, by taking a room in the same house and pretending to be a fellow criminal. So, fine. All You're right. going to move into this house, pretend to be a criminal. I've got two issues. One, by taking a room in the same house, how fast yeah. is that process i feel like you need to know the landlord you need to you can't just like go and literally just, take I, a room in the house you I can't just walk in going and, into his like disguised drawer at his other family's house and like pulling out like an eye patch and like doing all these like 
cliche like criminal disguises <laughs> he just and he just knocks in. on the house he's like yo i just got off of parole what's going on he's dressed like a pirate <laughs> yeah <laughs> with a fake parrot on his shoulder i'd like to take a room after my crimes <laughs> his parrot's little mechanical parrot too that he operates is like a room please a room please <laughs> how are you gonna say no to that uh, yeah, as you know, all this was built up where like he's got this file of disguises and all these codes and he's a detective. But as we see him start to do actual detective work, I'm picturing him now being very, very bad at it. <laughs> yeah. And and so my other thing is, OK, yeah, you just take a room and pretend to be a fellow criminal. This is a guy that gets recognized as the great the most Fenton detective. Hardy, the famous <laughs> yeah. detective. You would think that when this pirate stumbles onto your doorstep with a fake accent and says, hi, can I take you this room, please? I'm a criminal myself, you know. Like, uh, I, I just... How do the criminals not? I feel like they've all got like Hardy radar. We're like, yeah, okay, uh, yeah. Where they call each other, like, hey guys, Fenton Hardy's trying to like be my friend. I... You got to come see his pirate costume. He <laughs> <laughs> took I a love room this next door. So much. I gotta pause real quick and say, people, donate to Patreon because I feel like this is the scene we have to make. That's true. And this we get is a perfect scene patrons? for us. Yeah. We're going to film a scene. We will film this scene specifically of Fenton Hardy, <laughs> Hardy taking showing a room. up as a pirate uh, and trying to, uh, to pretend to be a criminal. With a, and it, by pretending to be a fellow criminal, it says, and I don't know, I'm not a criminal. I'm not. Yeah. But like, yeah, there's, you know, the honor among thieves and, and all this sort of stuff. But like if you're on parole and, and let's say you, you're in this halfway house, uh, when someone else moves it like do you just bond over are you trying to move past it are you like yeah how does that start the conversation that's a good question is it as simple as like hey how are you oh i'm a criminal, I'm a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> what have you stolen yeah i'm a, I'm a wig you wouldn't happen to like red wigs would you <laughs> i'm a wigman myself Fred hardy just shows up with a backpack and he strategically places like a few <laughs> red wigs like a few stranded hairs are just sticking out and the guy's like are those red wigs in your backpack? <laughs> He's got a, a little grocery bag with like the baguette sticking out and a red wig just placed on top and drops it. Oops. Yeah. I must have dropped my red wig. Would you hand that back to me, Mr. Jackley? Oh, you know what? A I room didn't... just opened up. Would you like to house with me? Would you like to take this room as a fellow wigman? Oh. oh so my here, God. here we go. So, uh, so. He's being a, a criminal, and Joe's like, "Okay, then what?" And uh, Fenton says, "Jackley himself spoiled everything. He got mixed up in a jewel robbery and got cleared out of the city. Luckily, Fenton heard him packing and tailed him. Uh, and then the police were were looking for him, so he couldn't get out of town by a plane or a bus. So he outwitted the police by jumping a freight on the railroad. Now." couple of my favorite things are coming up here. Oh, yeah. Um, and you still followed. So if he's going for this card of fellow criminal and, like, you're clearly chasing this guy, like, <laughs> yeah. just – I'm picturing Fenton Hardy, like, 20 yards behind Red <laughs> running down, like, to catch this freight train and just shouting what he thinks are <laughs> criminal things – and like dropping a trail of red wigs and trying to fit in and be like, hey, criminal two, want to be friends? Yeah. I'll share a train with you. 
I can pay for half of your, your toll there. Well, I guess they're not paying because they're hopping on it and jumping yeah, on it. Yeah, they're criminals. They're criminals, yeah. So Fenton lost him two or three times. Um, Which clearly this guy doesn't want him following him. Well, not so only what that, is but Fenton doing? There, there's he's this, giving away. He's blowing his cover here. So let me skip ahead for just a second. So uh, I lost him two or three times, but then I managed to pick up his trail again. He got out of the city and into Upper New York State. Uh, then his luck failed him because a railroad detective recognized Jack Lee, and the chase was on. And first of all, I didn't know railroad <laughs> detective was a thing. I honestly, I kind of want to be one now. I would love to be one, but I don't think it's real. I feel like detectives are detectives, yeah. and and if there's a railroad detective, why would Fenton Hardy get there and he's like, ah, oh, I'm not a railroad detective. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're going to need a railroad detective to stop him here. But if he jumped on a train, how do you lose him two or three <laughs> times? It's a train. <laughs> I feel like it's going... On a track in one All direction. All you have to do is go up to the railroad detective and say, excuse me, sir, where is this train headed? Oh, then I haven't lost anyone because yeah. it's not there yet. It's got a scheduled plan. Uh, so the chase Maybe. was on when the railroad detective recognized Jackley. Um, and again, so in a minute, somebody's going to say, you know, the notorious Red Jackley. And here, a railroad detective recognized Jackley. I'm going to yeah. come back to the Hardys and say, when you saw a red-wigged thief... He didn't immediately Yeah, think you stumbled Red upon Red Jackley looking through police files. But if he's so notorious to where even a railroad detective, a lowly railroad detective, is recognizing him, how does that not <sighs> your first, like, oh, red wig? You're that right. could be Red Jackley. Well, that's, this is also on the police. This is also on the police of, uh, of the county. I forget where they're at. But why don't they have records of this? Yeah. Because they know about the red wig. The Hardy Boys told them. Yeah, they even gave it to them. Yeah. They said, here's the red wig. They thoroughly expected, or inspected the wig, but they're not going to check their files? Well, they also didn't check the inner lining of the wig. Well, I mean, they yeah. They just checked the strands. Yeah, that's so dumb. <laughs> In case someone had written their name on the a wig strand. Around. Come <laughs> on. We all know this. So, uh, so here we go. Up to that time, uh, I'd been contentious keeping behind him, and I'd still hoped to pose as a fellow fugitive and win his confidence. But when the pursuit started in earnest with the police, I had to join the officers. So Fenton's broken character. Yeah. He's he's taken off the pirate costume. I'd like to think that he's still wearing the pirate <laughs> costume, though. And just as he's running now he's just alongside the accent, this train, maybe. he took off the fake peg leg that he had on <laughs> yeah. so that he can run well. And the accent, I don't know if he can turn off that accent. When you're wearing the eye patch. You become part of the character. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Uh so then, and then here we go. So they caught Jackley. They catch Jackley, well, but not without great difficulty. Oh, yeah, Jackley, by the way, was once it's badly smashed up. <laughs> no, I'm I'm not even that far yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and they caught Jackley, not without great difficulty. Jackley, by the way, was once a railroad man, a railroadman, a railroadman. Uh, and so he managed to steal a railroad handcar, and he got away from us. Oh, that's right. And, I forgot and about I'm the thinking car. again. A, a hand car, it, it comes off the tracks in the next <laughs> sentence, but how does he get away in a railroad hand car? I feel like you can run. He's on a track. Yeah. There's a, I feel like if you're a criminal, here, here's the thing. If you're a criminal, railroads are bad for you. 
because yeah, they of go one their way. yeah they they go one way one direction and if you steal a hand car it's gonna go down the track and i feel like you're not gonna lose anyone the, so like yeah. how far ahead was he like as they're chasing him like i'm picturing him like 30 yards ahead and he leaps onto this hand car and starts like pushing that handle up and down <laughs> and this thing slowly starts lurching down the tracks and as it crawls away at like four miles an hour all the detectives like stumble to a stop wind and Damn it, like, he's on we'll the never hand catch car. Up. Yeah. <laughs> we'll never get him now he's on a hand car on this set of tracks that goes that direction <laughs> but yeah his hand car jumped the tracks on a curve and yes he was badly smashed yeah, up okay that's right killed frank asked quickly no but he's in the hospital right now, and the doctors say he hasn't much of a chance. Um, so I'm going to – this is the first time I'm going to call back to that pin that I put in. Fenton Hardy was oh, smiling yeah. and cheerful. Why? Yeah. <laughs> Why? You were chasing somebody who's badly injured and doesn't have much of a chance of living. Who is about to die. Yeah. Who Why is are you so happy? Currently unconscious. Um, but Joe, or I don't know who, I guess it's Frank asked this question. Uh, so, you know, killed? No, but he's in a hospital right now. Doctors say he doesn't have much of a chance. He's under arrest? Oh, yes. He's being held for the jewel thefts and also for the theft from the actor's dressing room, which it's a wig. Who cares? But he probably won't live to answer either charge. And I wrote again, why are you happy? <laughs> yeah. This, is this bad man news. is going to die. You can't convict him. You're just guessing at this moment. But for, no for Frank to ask, like, okay, you've got this guy who's in a hospital going to die. And Frank asked the question, but is he under arrest? Like, yes, clearly he was running from police. He yeah. stole a bunch of things. He's about to die. I don't think it really matters. If he's under arrest or not, he can't escape. He's going to die. Yeah, he's dead. He's a dead man. And he, here comes the best. Here comes the best. I'll yeah. set you up. And and as you set me up, yeah. To the readers who, if you're not reading long or if you don't read until after we've done, you know, dove through the chapter, uh, David's going to stop at the bottom of a page, and we have to turn the page for the resolution. Yeah, but go ahead. Didn't you find out anything that would connect him with the tower robbery? End of page. Page turn. Not a thing. <laughs> Instant release of tension. No. And I wrote even bigger in all caps. Why are you happy? Yeah. There's you, no need to be if, happy. If you found not a thing, yeah. it sounds like your trip to New York was a complete failure. You found someone who stole a wig uh, and did some jewel thieves, but had... Couldn't He's pin not him to the car. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't pin him to the tower robbery. There's not a thing that connects them. I don't know. Just terrible. Bad detective it's work. It's just bad detective work. So the boys were disappointed and their and their expressions expressions showed it. In which they even uh they're thinking to themselves, you know, if Red Jackley dies without confessing, Mr. Robinson might never be cleared. And I thought, oh wow. The boys are actually thinking about Mr. Robinson for once, right? This yeah. is like the first time I've seen them care about him. I mean, sure, they visited the family, but it's, it's kind of like to brag about their uh, theater goings in New York. Like, hey, we saw a really funny play. Yeah. And I think Frank kind of wanted to take Callie out of her comfort zone, so she felt dependent on him. Yeah. Uh, there's no doubt about dependence. that. Frank yeah. wanted to look like a hero in that situation. Made sure to take her, even though he has a vehicle, he's like, well, let's just ride the bus. 
Yeah. yeah. Push yeah. out to where she felt zone. scared. Yeah. yeah. So no still a selfish it. act, even though they visited uh, Mrs. Robinson. Um, but yeah. So uh, he might be doomed to spend the rest of his life under a cloud suspected of being a thief. And I thought, I, I wrote in the uh, margin, you know, because justice. But they say, you know, if Red Jackley died without confessing, the secret of the tower robbery would die with him. Mr. Robinson might never be cleared. Mm. Like, mm. is justice just marketing at this point? Yeah. Because there's nothing that says Mr. Robinson did it, uh, other than he knew the combination, which, of course, he wouldn't use. Well, yeah. Why would anyone use that? Of course. That's not what uh, you do when you know And there's nothing that Jackley has done other than stealing jewels before, and he was once a railroadman in the area. Yeah. There, there's nothing linking him to the towers. So if they're saying, if he died without confessing, if the only thing that would link him to this is a confession, I feel like that's not even good, strong. Like, I don't know why no. they're so confident that Red Jackley is the, the, the thief. I don't get it either. I mean, clearly they have this bowl of pudding, and there's proof in it, but they're not willing to dive in to get the proof in the pudding. Yeah. You know, they're just half-assing everything. And then, just when they were about to, Chet ate the pudding. <laughs> Damn it, Chet. Stop body shaming Chet, Sean. Chet had it for second breakfast. <laughs> just a bowl of pudding. Mm, is this pudding? Oh, Chet, all the proof was in there. Uh-oh. He's going to have to poop it out. Now they're going to have to sift through poop pudding. I just want to leave that Yeah, that's... in the audio for a second. <laughs> Uh, have you talked to Jackley? Frank asked. I didn't have the chance. He wasn't conscious. Then you may never be able to get a confession from him. Ben Hardy shrugged. I may be able to. If Jackley regains consciousness and knows he's going to die, he may admit everything. Fenton Hardy is the most famous detective in the world. And yeah. he seems to be pinning this case on a wing and a prayer, on maybe this guy who's going to die yes. would confess. And I feel like if if I were a detective and somebody confessed, because I, I feel like we see this in, in, in movies and in, I don't know what real life detective work is like. Um, I imagine it's not like this book at all. But <laughs> like if somebody's like, I did it. You're damn right I did it. But you don't just say like, all right, case closed. Yeah. Like, no, you got to look into it. And is it someone just taking credit for stuff? Well, like this there's copycats. This is what he said. Let's look into it. Yeah. Yeah. Or or have him confess and, he has to be and provide a detail or two. Yeah. Being like, hey, what was the combination? What? How much money was in there? Give some detail that wasn't published in a paper. What Otherwise, colors it's of just wigs some... were you wearing during different thefts? Because he clearly was in a black one. He was in a red one. There was multiple wigs. What color was the jalopy? Yeah. Was it red or blue or yellow? At what at what phase voice? Have job? Chet come in and be like, Chet, is this the voice of the man that called you? You dead kid. Remember yeah. that? He Have Chet knows read the, the dude's voice. So it put seems this like, guy on the telephone with Chet and be like, Chet, is this the guy you talked to? Yeah, Chet would remember. Yeah. If Joe remembered the tire tread, <laughs> Chet can remember a voice that threatened him. Well, here's my favorite line of this. So it's um uh, Jack Lee regains consciousness and knows he's going to die. He may admit everything. I intend to see him in the hospital and ask him about the tower robbery. Why did you leave then? <laughs> Could have stayed there. He's clearly about to die. Why did you fly all the way home to take a nap, tell your boys about it, smile, and then fly back? Yeah. Is he? Well, you got to remember apparently, detective work is free. 
Yeah. <laughs> or or I guess if you've got the expense account, if if Herd Applegate, old turd with an H Applegate, <laughs> if he's funding this entire endeavor, yeah, fly back and forth from yeah. New York a couple of times. But that's, that's not a- is he far away? He's in Albany. I explained my mission to the doctor in charge, and he promised to telephone me as soon as it was possible for Jackley to see anyone. Which brings me to another thing. You don't have to fly back. You can call him. If this guy wakes up, just be like, hey, put put him on the phone, would you? Yeah. I see, It's all over the place. Well, it's at, two at first, contradictive at, things at right At first there. thought, I'm like, yeah, you can, you can make a phone call. But then I'm like, nah. Can't beat, the, can't beat him to that, get that, to well, get that, that confession like, In person. But then I think, could the best detective in the world get a confession over the phone? Probably. Yeah. No doubt bet, about it. I bet I could see Fenton Hardy saying, like, I'd be able to get a confession over the phone, kids. Like, that, that sort of... That was a good Fenton voice. Thank you. Yeah. Thank I you. I liked it. It's not my Fenton being a pirate. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be different. <laughs> We're not ready for that until he's in disguise in uh, another <laughs> chapter, another book. I feel like yeah, Fenton would... He would brag about that, too. Like, I've gotten 39 confessions over the phone. Over the phone, kids. Yeah. Wow. This whole wow, file Dad. here you is can do over it just the phone with your confessions. Voice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he would have them transcribed and mm-hmm. everything, too. Mm-hmm. They would all be framed. Yeah. Just all around Wall the office. Wallpapering the gymnasium. <laughs> uh, and then Frank asks, I, I promised to call Mrs. Robinson. Is it okay to tell her about Jackley? And oh uh, then Fenton says, uh, yes, it may cheer her up. But ask her not to tell anyone. Yeah, we don't want anyone to think that Mr. Robinson might not be guilty. Yeah, don't tell anyone. But also, uh, I, I added, you know, but ask her not to tell anyone, dot, 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 that there's no link between Jack Lee and the, <laughs> yeah. that, that there's not a thing connecting this man. <laughs> like he said it, there is not a thing connecting him. Yeah. But yeah, call Mrs. Robinson. Tell him yeah. about this guy hey, that's not connected let to the Mrs. robbery. Let Mrs. Robinson know what I've been up to. Yeah. I got a guy. He's not connected. We can't prove he did anything because he's unconscious and he's about to die. But let her know I got someone. What if Mrs. Robinson is like the one person who knows about Fenton Hardy's other family? And this is all some sort of code. Oh, what where if? Like, it's his way of saying like, you know, in a good way. I where did. Like she supports Fenton Hardy's other family. I cracked it. And, you know, by saying, like, oh, we found Red Jackley, wink, wink, she's yeah. like, okay, Judith and the kids are doing good. <laughs> yeah, I like, I like this voice. I'm so happy. Here's what's going on, though. Fenton does have another family. Yeah. It's Mrs. Robinson. Are you trying to seduce me, Mrs. Robinson? This is a graduate situation. Here's to you, Mrs. Robinson. They're trying to frame Mr. Robinson. Okay? Fenton set this this up, you know. He went in. He's a detective. He cracked that damn code. He took all the jewels. Fenton did the tower robbery. And, then and he, they blamed it on Mr. Robinson. Fenton hid the car in Myers Grove and oh then told God. the kids, hey, or Willow Grove, it. go we check out Willow's this. Grove. This was an earlier conversation of Fenton just, he found the clues and let the kids know like, oh, well, maybe you should check here. And it wasn't because he found it. It's because he planted it. Yep. Yep. And this is all his plan to run this away with it. Mrs. Robinson. He's about to he's about to get that new family he's wanted I bet for so he's long. He's paying Turd Applegate. You know what? I agree with that. Turd Applegate. Turd <laughs> Applegate. And I also think that Frank knows. That's why Frank's being so nice to Mrs. Robinson. You think you think Fenton told him on that car ride? I think Fenton told him <laughs> on that that's why he chose Frank. Wow. Dude, wow. I mean, this is all coming together. Okay. This is all coming together. So, yeah, you can tell Mrs. Robinson, but uh, don't tell her. 
Because uh, who's the one who calls Mrs. Robinson here? Uh, Frank dialed the number and relayed part of his father's story. I promised to call Mrs. Robinson, Frank spoke up. Wink, wink. I oh, promised yeah. to call mom. Oh, hey, oh Mrs. Mrs. Robinson. Robinson. Yeah. Now, Frank, darling, why didn't you call a mom? Don't I worry mean, about it, mom. Other mom. I misspoke. And then he kissed her affectionately. <laughs> <laughs> this is, all, oh, this is okay. a great turn. So, so yeah, Frank dials the number, calls, tells his uh, new mom about the accused man's wife. She's oh, relieved. I'm sorry, tells the man. And the accused man's wife was overwhelmed and relieved by the news. But promised not to divulge the information. I'm, of I'm not which there was anyone. none. Yeah. I won't tell anybody that this man's about to die. Uh, and then just as Frank finished the call, the doorbell rang and Frank ushered in the private detective, Oscar's muff. Oh, man. I gotta be, I gotta be honest here. I was very happy that Oscar's smuff was was back in in yeah, the picture. Yeah, me too. And what I didn't notice before that I'm noticing now is like, yeah, I just did, you know, Mrs. Robinson's uh, New England accent. Um, I, I'm doing some Fenton Hardy voice. But all these people, like their words are written pretty normally. But yes, Oscar's muff, they give a little, uh, they write his words differently. Your pa home? <laughs> He asked, yes, come in. Frank led the way to the living room. And uh, Smuff, although he considered himself a top-notch sleuth, stood in awe of Fenton Hardy. And he's cleared his throat nervously. Good afternoon, Oscar, said Mr. Hardy pleasantly. Won't you sit down? And then uh, Detective Smuff eased himself into an armchair. And I'm thinking, Oscar's muff has hemorrhoids. <laughs> Right? Why else would you ease yourself into Plop a chair? Plop down, sir. Yeah. Plop down. And then he glanced the at the boys like, I wonder if they know about my hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Fenton's like, I'm going to have my kids stay if that's all right. He says, uh, well, I reckon that'd be all right, Smuff conceded. I hear you're working on this Applegate case. Perhaps I am. And as he, I, I wrote in the margin, moves big folder that says... <laughs> Applegate case off the coffee table, <laughs> coinciding with, with with Fenton's awful. That the, still there in a pirate costume, just moves this Applegate case, slides it to the side. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. <laughs> no one knows. Actually, says oh, yes, uh, you know that's yes. uh, that's my affair, uh, or that's my business. Perhaps I am. Well, you've been out of town for several days, Smuff remarked cannily. So I deduced you must be working <laughs> on it. Very clever of you, Detective Smuff, Mr. Hardy said, smiling at his visitor. And I wrote here uh, also, not a good uh, d- d- deducement of you've been out of town for several days, so I deduced you must be working on the Applegate case. Yeah. Why would you be out of town like working on a case that's happening here. Yeah. Yeah. To say like, well, you must. I deduced you must be working on it because I you noticed left. you went to the Florida Keys. You came back with the tan. You must be working on it. I noticed you weren't around. You must be working on it. Yeah. I noticed you weren't here. Oh, so Smuff squirms uneasily in his chair. I'm working on the case too. I'd like to get you at that. I'd like to get that thousand dollar reward, but I'd share it with you. I was just wondering if you found any clues. Mr. Hardy's smile faded. He said with annoyance, If I went away, it's my own business. And if I'm working on the Tower of Robbery, 
That's also my business. You'll have to find your own clues, Oscar. I do appreciate the first name basis here. Yeah. I feel like that's a, a sign of respect. It could, I, I suppose it it's could be It's a sign of respect. Condescension. Followed with like the, or uh, beforehand, it has the most like childish lines yeah. of all time. Yeah. And, and again. What's going on, Fenton? You're a great detective here. So you said we should call this chapter Rival Detectives and that'd yes. be a good name for it. And, and we're right at the beginning of this conversation, but oh, it's yeah, only going south from here. Yeah. But I feel like as a detective, and I'm not one, but you just share your information like what do there's you a gain man's what do you gain by not on the line here sharing information with yeah. a detective who's working the same case yeah what do you gain by shutting them out he doesn't need this a thousand dollar reward he doesn't care about the thousand dollar reward yeah he's oscar's like trips yeah, to his other I, family yeah that's what i'm saying and oscar's like you know what i'll even give you the majority of the money two heads are better than one yeah and no no, Fenton, Fenton is selfish. Be a firm and no. he only gets more selfish. So I, I'm, I'm starting to be on Oscar's muff side here. I'm on he Oscar's says, muff. Uh, you have to find your own clues, Oscar. Well, now, don't get on your high horse, Mr. Hardy. My accent for Smuff keeps changing. It's all over the place, and I love it. I love it. I feel like in real life, though, his accent also changes because he doesn't want people to be able to pin down where he's from. Yeah. It's true. I'm just anxious to get this affair cleared (laughs) up, but I thought we might work together, we would. Uh, I heard you were with the officers. What chased this here? Okay, I'm not. These are the actual words. Yeah, I know. I heard you were with the officer. What chased this here? Notorious criminal Red Jackley. So this is what I said before. Like, if Oscar's muff knows about Red Jackley, then why do you have to keep everything quiet? Well, not only that, but why did the boys? Why did the Hardy? Why? Why were people not into Red Jackley when they had the Red Wig news earlier? Why was this not their first thought? Oh yeah, the if notorious he's so criminal. notorious, yeah, that railroad detectives and amateur <laughs> sleuths alike know the notorious Red Jackley. I don't know. It's just bad. It's and then, just and then bad. here we go back to more Mr. Hardy being being a little turd, of uh, being a little turd Applegate himself. Mr. Hardy gave a perceptible start. He had no idea that the news of the capture of Jackley had reached Bayport, much less that his own participation in the chase had become known. And I feel like this is where <laughs> he's oh, yeah. he like looks over onto this chair where the pirate costume is like <laughs> slung over the back, and he just has this single tear come down his face of like. They they recognized me through my pirate costume. <laughs> it was per- I had I had my bird that was one of my best <laughs> costumes that I had. I had a damn mechanical bird. Put that one in the back of the file, I guess. Yeah, get out the flamethrower, burn that costume. So yeah, so uh, Mr. Hardy uh, likely didn't fool Red Jackley with his pirate burglar costume, <laughs> and then also didn't fool anyone else, including Oscar Smuff. Everyone knew that Mr. Hardy was doing this. Oh yeah. What of it? Mr. Hardy asked in a casual way. Did Jackley have anything to do with the tower case? How should I know? Wasn't that what you were working on? As I've told you, that's my affair. Detective Smuff looks sad. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I guess you just don't want to cooperate with me then, Mr. Hardy. I was thinking of going over to the hospital where this man Jackley is and questioning him about the case. Mr. Hardy's lips narrowed into a straight line. What is wrong with your lips, man? <laughs> into a perfectly straight line? What are you, a cartoon? <laughs> and they narrowed. It's a narrow straight line. It's a very, yeah. They go, <laughs> this is good podcast content <laughs> yeah. of us making this face. It's but... a good face, though. That's very straight lips. 
You know what they say? Loose lips sink sink ships. So he's he's tightening those things. If you're listening, send us a message on Instagram with a picture of what you think Mr. (laughs) Hardy's lips look like narrowed into a straight line. I like that. Thank you for sharing those. First one to do it it wins artwork, too, by the way. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm okay with that. I feel like the artwork of this chapter might be some narrow lips. Yeah. You're going to win... These and, and narrow lips, win the, our the interpretation of narrow lips. Nice. Yeah, submit that. Uh, or if you're not on Instagram, you can email us at hardyandsonspodcast at gmail.com. Boom. Also, become a Patreon because we're only keeping this competition open to uh, Patreon supporters. The pencils that we use to draw these things cost money. Yeah, that's very true. So do the erasers. Yeah. So does the paper. Although we don't use the erasers that much because we don't make mistakes. <sighs> Sick. Um. So, uh, Mr. Hardy's lips narrowed. You can't do that, Oscar. He isn't conscious. The doctor won't let you see him. I'm gonna try. Jackley, I'll come to some time. Uh, wait, what? Jackley will come to some uh, Jackley will come to some time, and I want to be on hand. I want to be on hand, dude. Uh, there's this, this, a plane this at 6 o'clock. And I aim to leave my house about 5.30 and catch it. He thumped his chest and had... <laughs> yeah, this is so. I feel like this is just this battle between two bad detectives yeah, right now. Detectives both... don't have to show up for a plane to the last minute, hey, Mister Hardy. Yeah, what is? <laughs> I I reread this paragraph a couple times. So this is this is Oscar's muff saying, uh, "I'm gonna try. Jackal will come to it sometime, and I want to be on hand. There's a plane at six o'clock, and I aim to leave my house about five thirty and catch it." Yeah, little do we know he lives chest. 45 minutes from the airport. <laughs> <laughs> he then thumped his chest and then continues, detectives don't have to show up for a plane to the last minute, eh, Mr. Hardy? And I'm, what, what are you saying? Like, are you asking, yeah. it sounds like you're being, this sounds like it should be Fenton Hardy saying that. I was like, going to say, the, the shifts in personality here are so... Uh, they're so extreme to where it's like I think these people have to be psychopaths. Yeah, they're obviously bipolar. I aim to leave my house about five thirty and catch it. If someone else said, "Oh, detectives don't have to show up for the plane to the last minute," a person who just said that, <laughs> yeah, but it's still Oscar <laughs> Smith saying, "A Mr. Hardy," and Mr. Hardy has not established himself previously as somebody who shows up last minute for planes. Yeah, that's not. It's not like that was a thing that he said it even earlier a dig in this conversation. At him. Yeah. So then he says, "Well, I'll have a talk with Jackley tonight, provided he's conscious, uh, and I'll and I may let you know what he says." And Mister Hardy, have it your own way. But if you take my advice, you'll not visit the hospital. You'll just spoil everything. Jackley will talk when the time comes. Yeah, it's wise <sighs> words. And by the way, he's about to be dead, so no, he's not going to talk. And yeah. if you wait for the time for him to talk, he's going to be dead. And then the, the last paragraph here, so there is something in it, Smuff says triumphantly. Well, I'm going over there and get a confession. With that, he arose, stumped out of the room, which I think supports your case for hemorrhoids, <laughs> and left the house. And yeah, so a loaded chapter where I feel like any remaining reverence that I had for the great Fenton Hardy is gone. He seems yeah. like... A petulant, bad detective. Oh, yeah. And a child. Uh, Just and, a child. And I got to say, earlier, I didn't like the way Oscar's Muff handled the, the whole Chet Jalopy situation. But now, 
There's the only suspect who, again, is not linked in any way. I don't know why he's a suspect yeah. other than he used to be a railroadman in the area. Uh, but he's going to die pretty soon, and he's currently unconscious. Oscar Smuffs is doing the only thing I could think of was, yeah, you go there and you wait for him to regain consciousness. Yeah, I'm going to wait for this man you to wake up. You don't know how long the window's going to be. Yeah. This is like the 19, I don't know, 20s, 30s, 40s, somewhere in there. It's not, it's not like they're going to keep him on life support for <laughs> yeah. you know two weeks and then pull the plug. Like He was injured in a pretty bad accident. He's just going to die at some point. Yeah, they know he's going to die. Yeah. He's going to wake up. Be alive for a couple minutes and then die. I feel like being able to say like, oh, they've got two weeks left. It's really an advent of modern medicine. Yeah. Like back then it was just like if they knew you were well, going to die. you treat it like Yeller. You just take them outside and <laughs> put them down shoot with them the in the back of the head. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I feel like if they knew that someone was going to die, it means it's going to happen pretty soon. So yeah, get on that plane. Yeah. Hop that 530, Fenton. Well, I'm, I'm happy that it's Oscar going because I'm starting to think that Oscar's muff is about to get mean. In chapter 13. 